0: Thank you for joining us for the Lessons from First Naz podcast. Kelsey Kennedy. Kelsey came in this morning and said, so what are you going to preach today? Like she was uh, considering maybe observing instead of preaching this morning. We had a good laugh, and um, I had that panic-stricken look on my face for a minute that matched hers, which was really great. But for those of you who don't know, this is Kelsey Kennedy. Kelsey grew up in this church. You've never known an- another church but this one is your home church, right? Gave your heart to the Lord here when you were how old? Probably four or five. Probably four or five. So maybe Sunday school, vacation Bible Obviously. school. Odyssey, a children's program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're doing what with your life these days?
1: Uh, studying children's ministry.
0: Ah, because you're going to be a
1: children's pastor.
0: Children's pastor. Good. So um, it works like this for me. As I've been, we planned this in August, which has given her plenty of time to worry and be nervous, right? <laughs> but uh, as I've been reflecting on the the coming of this day, I've realized um, I've realized something about this church. Maybe you need to realize it, too, that over the years, this church has gotten something really, really right, as measured by this one thing. It continues to be and create an environment in which people can hear God's voice and specifically answer the call of God to full-time Christian service. We have a host of pastors and missionaries, both full-time and part-time, that uh, continue to be raised in this church, discipled in the faith, and turned loose on the world. And Kelsey's the next one in the line. So know this, Kelsey, we love you. We're incredibly proud of you. We're going to pray for you, and then we're going to listen for your voice and that of the Holy Spirit, okay? Gracious God, we give you thanks for this young woman. She really is a delight to our hearts. We've watched her serve and serve and serve around here. And now, Lord, it's uh, joy to our hearts to see that she's responding to what she understands you to be calling her to. And today she stands before her home congregation, her church family, to preach the gospel to us for the first time. Not her first time, but her first time in front of us. Lord, as you've been preparing Kelsey's heart, I pray now that you would also prepare our hearts to receive the word of truth. Kelsey has prepared a message, and uh, you have prepared her. We give you thanks for this. It really is a momentous occasion when one of us steps into the pulpit before our church family for the first time. So I pray that your Holy Spirit, who lives in her heart, will now come upon her in power and anoint her for the task of ministry from the pulpit. I pray in your holy name. Amen.
1: Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Um, although aside from the nervousness, I'm actually really excited for today. And I really like what Cliff preached about last week, because I think that his story of Ruth that he shared kind of fits into um, the same thing that I'm going to talk about today. So I want to start off by telling you a little bit about my story and what God has kind of reminded me of this semester. So as Cliff said, I grew up my whole life in this church. I have never known any church until I went to college, other than this church. So to me, you guys are my family, and um, I also attend Mid-American Nazarene University, and I'm studying children's and family ministry. But my road there wasn't quite so easy. My senior year of high school, I was checking out colleges, and um, the college that most stood out to me was Trebekah, which is in Nashville, and that was my dream to go there, and it was my dream to study nursing, because growing up, all I ever knew that I wanted to Study was nursing, um, but obviously, God has had other plans in mind. So it actually worked out financially for me to attend Mid America in Kansas, which was actually my last choice of school. I told Cliff I would never attend Mid America, and instead I do. But after I got there, I started to really fall in love with the school, and I met really great people and. Um, I eventually started dating this guy my freshman year, and I thought things were pretty good, but they took a little twist. And after Christmas break, I was waiting for my boyfriend at the time to get back, and so I messaged his grandma trying to find out when he would be back, and instead she replied, honey, you really need to talk to him. And, of course, everything in me went numb because I had no idea what she's talking about. But I wasn't really able to get a hold of him. And so I asked her, I was like, well, what's going on? And she had told me that, uh, that last week of Christmas break, he, his brother had gotten out of jail and he had gotten into drugs and off doing bad things. And so, um, as you can imagine, I was really heartbroken. So, um, after a while, the, guy I was dating at the time finally got in touch with me, and he's like, hey, um, I'm really sorry, but I've gotten into drugs, and I'm off doing things with my brother, so I'm not coming back to him in America, and for me, that was, I think, the hardest thing that anyone has ever told me, because what I actually heard from him was, Kelsey, drugs are better than you. And so for a long time I was hurt, and I didn't know how to handle this hurt. But I was lucky and had two of my best friends, Delaney and Austin, at school, and they were super helpful for me. They were constantly reminding me that it was going to be okay, and they would take me to do things to get my mind off of it. But during this time I was constantly reading my Bible and praying that I would one day feel worthy again. And I didn't really know how else to like get through the hurt other than, searching for God. Because I remember growing up, that's what you do. You know that God's going to work in these bad situations. Well, a couple of weeks later, I was sitting in chapel. And all of a sudden, it was like someone was sitting right inside my head. And I heard this voice saying, lead vacation Bible school. And I seriously was so weirded out. I was like, what in the world? Who just said that? And I had no idea where this voice came from. And I thought, why in the world would I lead a vacation Bible school? I have never done anything like that. I am not experienced, and there's no way I could do it. But it was one of those thoughts that you just, like, can't escape. Everything I would do would turn back to this thought of Kelsey lead vacation Bible school. And I was like, what? And so I started praying about it, and Later realized that it was God's voice and he was indeed telling me to lead vacation Bible school here at First NAS. So I got on the phone and I talked to Cliff and I talked to Aaron and they were on board. They were like, absolutely. Yeah. Come lead vacation Bible school. So I came home that summer and I led vacation Bible school and I thought, you know, this will be, this will be kind of fun. It's a different experience, but it ended up forever changing my life. Um, I came, I led it. I felt really good about it and couple of weeks later, I was at my grandpa's birthday party and Sue Gentry walks up to me and she goes, so are you changing your major to children's ministry? And I hadn't quite made that connection. I was thinking, what, what are you talking about? Like, why would I leave vacation or why would I change my major? Like, that's weird. And I was like, no, I was like, nursing has always been my dream. That's what I'm going to do. I just love it. And so... Um, again, it was one of those thoughts that I couldn't escape, and I kind of thought to myself, well, shoot. <laughs> and so I started praying about it and, again, realized that it was God's voice. And so I asked Cliff if we could talk, hoping he would kind of tell me that I was crazy and should definitely stick with nursing. As you can tell, that obviously didn't really happen. Thanks a lot, Cliff uh and so I went and I told him this story and um he just started crying and he's like he just knew it and he's so after some time of talking he asked me he goes so are you ready to commit and I was like yeah I'm not really so sure about that I want to I still want to do nursing and so he's like all right how about we bring in Bill and you'll tell Bill the story you just told me and if Bill's on board then we commit and I was like I mean, I guess, like, I was so sure Bill would never agree. So Bill came in, I told him the story all over again, and he looks at me and he goes, well, I thought you were already studying children's ministry, and that's why you came here to lead BBS. (laughs) And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm in. But I wasn't exactly happy about it. I was really upset, and for a long time I was mad at God. I was like, what the heck, God, why why'd you call me to ministry? That wasn't my dream. And I remember Cliff would always stand up here and say, God's not a jerk. But after being left for drugs and now being called to ministry, away from my dream of nursing, I was like, is that really true? Um, (laughs) So um, after a good time, I started to love where I was at. I changed my major. I spent my sophomore year studying ministry, and I loved it. Um, I was really surprised at how much I loved it. And life started getting pretty good, and then the semester hit. <laughs> and the semester was the hardest semester of my life so far. Um, it started out by me totaling my car. I was driving somewhere to Skype a friend, and uh, I was in a part of town I had never been before. And I was getting – I was lost, and I was frustrated, and I couldn't figure out where I was going. And in the midst of the lost and – being lost and being frustrated um, – I failed to see that there was a red light. So I was getting into a turn lane and so was a big truck and he hit the driver's side of my car and it spun and I was actually underneath the highway and so I hit a cement wall head on. But I was lucky and I walked away with no injuries. But I was still mad. I thought, "What? Come on, God. Like why why didn't you stop me? Stop that from happening? Like I'm a good driver." And so <laughs> um then two weeks later, um, I was walking to my room and I had my laptop in my hand, and my laptop slipped out and fell on the ground and broke. As you can imagine for a college student nowadays, that's pretty bad news. <laughs> and so I thought, what in the world? Like and of course there was like other bad news that came in the midst of the chaos, but like these were the two main things that were completely wearing me down. And then um, I started to have some really hard conversations with one of my best friends. Um, I felt like God was like calling me to share with this person these things, and I had no idea how it was going to go, and it didn't really go the way I had planned. But I knew that it was what God had called me to do, and so I shared, and it actually ended up saving our friendship. But even in the midst of all these hard times— when I couldn't see what was happening, you know what God reminded me of? He reminded me that He is faithful. During these times, I struggled to see God at work. I didn't understand, like, why this guy had left me for drugs. I didn't understand why I was being called to ministry. I didn't understand why I had been in an accident and told in my car in the busiest time of my life. I didn't understand why my laptop broke. I didn't understand why I was having to have all these conversations. But I knew, surely, something was going to happen. But have you guys ever struggled this too? Have you ever struggled to see God at work in your life? I don't know what your hurts and struggles are, but maybe today there's something that you're struggling to see God at work in. Sometimes, though, when I think of my story, I am reminded of Mary and Joseph. That's probably a little weird since Mary and Joseph were the parents of Jesus. But... (laughs) Um, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Um, And the words will be on the screen so you can follow along, or you can look at your phones, read your Bibles, or if you prefer to just listen, that's okay too. But will you stand with me as I read from God's Word? It says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph was her husband and was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what, she, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save all people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph spoke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to and took Mary as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to the son, and they gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. We'll be seated. So when I read this passage, a couple of things stood out to me. One, God called Mary. God called Mary to carry his son Jesus. Could you imagine how scared Mary would feel that all of a sudden she wakes up and this baby is placed inside of her? Mary was just an ordinary woman who was a virgin. And yet here she is being told that she's going to carry the man who would come and save us all from our sins. That's a huge deal. Mary not only probably had fear, but she also had to give up her life for this baby. She sometimes were given choices um, in life by God of which path to take, but she wasn't given a choice. Instead, the angel just told her, you're it. So she would have to trust that God would stick with her during this time. And God was faithful to her. The second thing that stands out to me is that Joseph planned to secretly divorce her. In verse 19 it says that Joseph didn't want to publicly disgrace Mary after he found out that she was pregnant. So instead he would divorce her in secret. But then in the next verse, that's when we find out that the angel came to Joseph and indeed told him that, this baby inside of Mary was, in fact, from the Holy Spirit. Joseph could have divorced Mary, and she would have had to have this baby Jesus on her own. But instead, God proved his faithfulness, and Joseph stuck by her side after finding out that the baby was indeed from the Holy Spirit, and God was faithful. The last thing that really stands out to me about this is a little more obvious, and it's Jesus' birth. You're probably thinking, Kelsey, seriously, like, that's so obvious. But I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget that this really shows just how faithful God is. God is so faithful that he literally sends his son to die for us. People, he sent his son to die for us. Yet, we're all probably guilty of just standing back, shaking our fist at God, saying, seriously, God, why didn't you work in the way I wanted you to? But yet God is still faithful to us. Um, Going back to my story, um, all that time I had been so upset with God, but he never left me. Instead, he was standing right beside me saying, Kelsey, I've got this. He was faithful to me the whole time. I might have had some bad things happen the past two and a half years, but he never once left me. Even when I felt most alone, he was there. He was faithful to heal me from the pain of being left for drugs, and he reminded me that I am worthy. He was faithful to call me to ministry, and he gave me a life that was better than I could have ever imagined. He was faithful to protect me in my accident, walking away with no injuries. He was faithful to bring people into my life who helped me buy a new laptop. He was faithful to me in some of the hardest conversations I've ever had, sitting right next to me saying, Kelsey, we've got this. But in the midst of those hard times, at that time, it was hard to see that God was really making my life so good. Could you imagine what it would be like if we could all start to remember how faithful God really is? How faithful he is to give us a life better than we deserve, even in the midst of our trials. We could grow in our faith and help others see that God is faithful even when times get tough if we're just constantly reminded of how faithful He is. Wouldn't it be awesome if we all stopped blaming God for our trials or the things that don't go our way and remember that He is faithful? So I think that it will take us reflecting, reflecting back on our experiences, saying, yep, God, you are right there. You are faithful to me. I think it takes us praying, praying that God would remind us of how faithful he always is. And ultimately, I think it takes us giving up our ways and our trials, saying, God, I don't know what's happening, but I know that you'll work in this. And so today I give you my trials Because things happen, beautiful things happen when we let God work in the way He has planned for us. Um, I have a song that I want you guys to listen to. You probably heard it before, but I don't know about you, but sometimes I kind of get caught up in the music and forget to really focus on the lyrics. So I want you to try to really focus on the lyrics and I think they'll be on the screen. Um, and you can sit, stand, listen, sing along, whatever helps you to focus on these words. So listen to this video, and then I'll pray afterwards. your hurts or struggles might be today but i would venture out to say that god's going to be faithful to you Um, i'm going to pray now god i thank you for the gift of life i thank you that even in the midst of hard times and even if things don't go our way you're still faithful to us you give us life better than we can imagine God, I pray for everyone out there today. I pray that whatever hurts or struggles they might be having today, that they would be reminded that you're going to be faithful to them. I hope that they can start to see the bigger picture and see how you're going to work in their lives. In Jesus' name pray, amen.
0: Stay right up here with me, okay? Okay.
1: Um, Have you ever
0: noticed how the Bible is really repetitive? You'll read a story from the scripture, and then a chapter later, there's somebody retelling the story. And you get to the next book, and it says, hey, remember back when God did X, and it tells the story again. You get to the New Testament, to the book of Acts, and you read the story of Paul's conversion. Then you read the story of Paul's arrest, and when he gets arrested, he tells the story of his conversion. And then he meets with some of the the Uh, Christian brothers and the apostles in Jerusalem and he tells them the story of his conversion and then he makes his way to Rome under arrest and he tells the story of his conversion. You ever wonder why it is that the Bible is so repetitious? It's because for thousands of years we have understood collectively that repetition is one of the very best teachers And it's why it's important for us to continue to retell the story of God's faithfulness. It's why we continue to retell the story of our calling. It's why we continue to retell the stories of our heartbreak and of how it was in the middle of our heartbreak that we realized one more time that God was there. Kelsey, thank you for sharing your story with us again today. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Songs get repetitive. If you read the the book of Psalms, it's a guy talking about how bad his life is and how good God is and how those two things always somehow seem to fit together. And you've, you've shared that story with us one more time today. Thank you for being faithful. It's not just God who's faithful. You've been faithful today to share with us the story of a handful of heartaches, a handful of times of questioning. And, um, it just thrilled my heart to know that you listened to one of my sermons where I said <laughs> that, that God is not a jerk. And I'm glad to know that you wrestled with it and questioned it and then, uh, waited for God to, to show himself as uh, the kind-hearted father that he is. Kelsey, you did a great job this morning. You fed us well. And we just want you to know that we love you. We're proud of you. And we're glad that we have got to be a part Of the story. Keep being faithful. Keep doing what he called you to do. Your church family loves you and stands behind you. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. Stand with me, please. Gracious God, you have been here in this place today. We, We have the assurance from your word. You promised. Whenever a group gets together, here you are in the midst. But we have also sensed you here today, receiving heartfelt praises. Pouring out your Holy Spirit, just like the scriptures said you would, on a young woman who came and shared the truth of your word with us. Lord, we want to ask you to keep pouring out your Holy Spirit on Kelsey and using her to bring you glory and honor. Help her never to forget the stories of how you have come through for her time and again. Remind us this afternoon, Lord, and, and tonight as we lay our heads on our pillows, of the great things that you have done for us, in the middle of some of the hardest times of our lives and we will spend the rest of this day and end it praising you as you deserve. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Grace and peace to you.